Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 661 from our previews of upcoming events department. The Great Backyard Bird Count. Launched in 1998 as the first online citizen science project to collect data on wild birds. will take place from February 16th through the 19th. If you take part, you'll join more than 160,000 other folks in dozens of countries all over the world in helping to create an overview of the distribution and population levels of birds. The count is led by its founding groups, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and the National Audubon Society. Joined by Bird Studies Canada and other international partners. You can even get involved without even leaving your kitchen table. At least if you have some bird feeders in sight from there. You can get all the details at this address, birdcount.org. That's birdcount.org. And in case you wondered which birds topped the 2017 list of most frequently reported species, here they are in reverse order. Number 10, white-breasted nuthatch. Number 9, house sparrow. Number eight, house finch. Number seven, black-capped chickadee. Number six, blue jay. Number five, downy woodpecker. Number four, dark-eyed junco. Number three, morning dove. Number two, American crow. And number one, appearing on 52,422 checklists, is, is, is the northern cardinal. Yeah, a lot of people's favorite birds, and according to our friend Nick Lund, uh, the state bird of just too many states, like seven of them or something, you can still find Nick's great article about that at slate.com. Well, we hope you were able to hear last week's Talking Bird show, in which the great David Sibley was our special guest. As part of our chat with David, we mentioned briefly the big Sibley sweepstakes. We promised more details this week. So here they are. This is pretty cool. It's the Wildlife Acoustics Song Sleuth with Sibley Sweepstakes. Presented with L.L. Bean. It's a little hard to say, but very easy to enter. Details on that in a moment. The Sweepstakes prize includes round-trip airfare for two to Portland, Maine. Lodging at the Harrisicut Inn in beautiful Freeport, Maine. Two birding outings with David Sibley. Dinner with David Sibley at the Harrisicut Inn, and a $1,000 L.L. Bean shopping spree with a personal shopper. In case you've never been to the L.L. Bean flagship store there in Freeport, I can tell you it is a, it's a wonderland. Uh, registration deadline March 1st. Sweepstakes is now open. No purchase necessary. Register at sweepstakes.songsleuth. Dot com. No need to put any W's in there, by the way. It's just sweepstakes.songsleuth.com. And good luck. By the way, David will be presenting the keynote address at the L.L. Bean Birding Festival. David Sibley on the Saturday evening of the Memorial Day weekend, May 24th, 
to 27th. And we'll be broadcasting Talking Birds live from the festival on that Sunday morning. You can find constantly updated details on the festival at llbean.com slash freeport. All right, here's a warning. Get ready for kind of a shocking and piercing sound. Not to worry, it's only our mystery bird. And this is a preview of our mystery bird contest coming on a little bit later. In our program, we wanted to hear part of that there. Uh, the number, by the way, is just to hold on to for later is 781-837-4900. Our bird is found in swamps and marshes deep in the southeast. In fact, it reaches the northern limits of its range in the state of Florida, where it feeds almost exclusively on apple snails. Our bird is a large brown wader with white spots, a long neck, long bill, long legs, and cries out that long, piercing call uh, that you just heard. Prizes on our mystery bird contest. We have a beautiful batch of them. A Droll Yankees double suet feeder featuring heavy-gauge wire that holds up for years of use. A big bag of Audubon Park no-waste wild bird food and a download of the famous LarkWire Birdsong ID app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Prizes on our Mystery Bird Contest, coming along in just a little bit here, a little bit later on in the show. Meanwhile, we'd like to say a big thank you to two new Talking Birds ambassadors. Jack from Morristown, New Jersey, who says, My 14-year-old son David is the true birder in the family, and we love to listen to the Talking Birds podcast in the car. Uh, while we drive around the state of New Jersey looking for great birds, he's getting ready for the upcoming World Series of Birding, and we do a lot of driving. We love that Mike O'Connor is always laughing. It makes us laugh to hear him laugh. <laughs> and we hope to stop in his store someday when we're on our way to our favorite summer birding spot, Martha's Vineyard. We can't wait to hand out cards to all the young birders here in New Jersey. Thank you so much, Jack. And David, and thanks to Mitch in Somerset, Kentucky. Love your show, says Mitch. Listen to podcasts every chance I get. Wish I could listen live, but better for me to download episodes and listen on my own time. Mitch does habitat management there in Hardin County, Kentucky. And he adds, today I was doing some chainsaw work, and I made it through a dozen episodes or so. Anyway, I looked up to see two bald eagles grasping each other. It was so cool, but unfortunately, before I could get my phone out and take a picture, they were flying off into the distance. Made my day. And I just saw a thing here in our local area on Cape Cod where uh, Mike Tucker spotted six bald eagles at a little pond there in Falmouth on the Cape. He said it was kind of unusual because it's a small pond, a relatively small, and uh, the entire shore is developed. Didn't stop those uh, bald eagles, though. Well, Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join Mitch and Jack and David in our Talking Birds Ambassadors program. Hand out some of our info cards to your friends and associates to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. Easy to do. Just click on the Contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll learn about a California-based group that's been doing some really important work on behalf of birds for nearly 50 years when we speak with International Bird Rescue Executive Director J.D. Bergeron. Plus, we'll catch up with our traveling man, Mike O'Connor, up in the great state of Arizona. And up next, a bird that Mike, Mike might have seen. 
Somewhere on his southwest sojourn is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Is there really a duck with hot pink legs, a reddish pink bill, and a black belly? One that, instead of a quack, sounds off with a whistle? Why, yes, yes there is. It's the black-bellied whistling duck. This large, goose-like duck, most commonly seen and sometimes in pretty big numbers in places like Texas and Louisiana, has been spotted increasingly in recent years way up into the northern tier of states and even southern Canada. When it shows up in a new location, it doesn't go unnoticed. And then there's that whistle. Black-bellied whistling ducks consume a wide variety of plant material, but also feed on insects when available. And as the Latin name autumnalis suggests, gleans recently harvested fields for leftover seeds and invertebrates. In Mexico, thanks to that behavior, the black-bellied whistling duck is known as pato maizal, or cornfield duck, and it's been observed opening fresh husks of corn and feeding on the kernels inside. The black-bellied whistling duck is unique among ducks in that pairs often stay together for many years, with both parents sharing the work of raising the young. The bird is primarily a cavity nester, preferring the confines of a hollow tree, but also nesting on the ground when necessary, and sometimes using chimneys, abandoned buildings, and nest boxes. Black-bellied whistling duck nestlings are precocious. They can feed themselves right after hatching and they leap from their nest cavities a couple of days later. A bird described by one early American ornithologist as most unduck-like, it's doing well with its numbers increasing in North America, even as it expands its range northward. The black-bellied whistling duck. Dendrocygna autumnalis. Today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend. Thanks again for being with us here on our show, number 661. By the way, we might have a special mystery guest later on in the program. Uh, we hope you follow us, by the way, on our website. We kind of like it. We hope you would. It's TalkinBirds.com. No G in Talkin'. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talkin' Birds. International Bird Rescue is a California-based organization dedicated to mitigating the human impact on seabirds and other aquatic bird species worldwide through emergency response and education and research and planning. Its executive director is J.D. Bergeron, and he joins us on the phone right now. Good morning, J.D. Good morning, Ray. Great to have you with us. Thanks for being up early out there on the West Coast. And I guess we could start with some breaking news, uh, J.D., about the rescue and release just this week of an American white pelican, a bird which happens to claim a certain distinction right now. Tell us about that uh, rescue and release, uh, J.D., if you would, and um, why it was kind of extra special. Uh, absolutely. This is uh, a really special bird for us. It was found uh, right around Thanksgiving uh, in a, a wildlife sanctuary. Uh, there was a bird photographer who saw this bird with uh, pretty... Uh, egregious wounds on his neck and his foot and his bill was actually broken. The lower mandible of his bill was, was actually bent almost at a 90 degree angle. 
Uh, took quite a while to capture the bird, uh, but thanks to the collaboration of the local Audubon chapter, the animal control and police department, and several uh, rehabilitation centers like our own, um, this bird came into care, was given um, kind of surgery that you don't get to learn in veterinary school uh, just by doing the kind of work we do. And I'm really excited to say that this bird was released uh, just this Thursday. Uh, he also was our 2017 Bird of the Year. We did a, a vote to try to get uh, folks to, to really support the different aspects of, of what birds are struggling with. And in this case, uh, this bird had actually caught a or uh, been caught by a derelict piece of uh, fish hook, fishing line that was on his foot. Uh, when he went to scratch himself, that's probably when he uh, ripped open the wound on his neck and caused the damage to his bill. So uh, just a reminder uh, of all of us having to take some sort of responsibility. Um, obviously, no one intended that bird to get hooked, but uh, those kinds of things left behind can really cause a lot of trouble. Right, and I would imagine if the obviously if the hooks are are on the on fishing line, that's where the real problem comes in, right? With all that tangling and all the rest that goes with it. Absolutely, our uh, our full time veterinarian um, Grimley likes to say that she's a fishing line fish hook veterinarian first and foremost. Mm. Uh, the kinds of birds that we work with come into contact with these things that get left behind, and I like to say that you know it may not be your fishing line or fish hook or litter that's uh, lying on the beach or near the pond, but uh, if you see it, pick it up and dispose of it someplace safely. Right. You make a big emphasis, I think, J.D., on the collaboration you just mentioned about that. That's really a, that's really a big part of, of rescuing birds, isn't it? It absolutely is. Uh, one, one is the folks like, like you and me who go and watch birds, and sometimes you can tell something's not quite right. Uh, when you see something not quite right, there is something to do. Um, usually you can call your local animal control or a local uh, wildlife rehabilitation expert, um, all else fails, there are tried and true ways to capture a bird safely, um, putting a towel over it. Um, we don't recommend it if you're not at all comfortable with that kind of thing, but uh, the point is that there are things to do to step in and make a difference. I'm reading from your website here, J.D., about how International Bird Rescue came to be, and it says in part, on January 18, 1971, two standard oil tankers collided near San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge, resulting in a spill that covered 50 miles of coastline with 2,700 cubic tons of crude oil. About 7,000 birds oiled by the spill. Volunteers collected nearly 4,300 of them and brought them to makeshift rehab centers, but only about 300 could be released, in part given the lack of established oil bird rehab practices at the time. And that was what spurred a retired nurse to found international bird rescue right that is exactly right uh she's actually a uh, a massachusetts uh original just like you and me mm, uh right. alice berkner is her name uh back in 1971 so 47 years ago mm. uh she saw this this disaster happening around her and there was no protocol no place no n nothing that could be done for these these birds and so she gathered a large group of people and essentially invented, invented the process um, as she went along. She's credited as one of the, the real founders of wildlife rehabilitation in general and, of course, of oil spill response for, for birds and other wildlife. 
What's the biggest issue right now? Is it still oil? Is it uh, is is it um, you know those fish hooks and fishing line? Is it plastic trash of other sorts? How would you uh, characterize that? So we've been responding to spills for, as I said, 47 years. And I have to say that in the United States specifically, um, things are actually improving despite uh, all of the, the challenges that we have. Um, regulations, um, intelligent regulations have really increased safety and the number of spills is decreasing here. Um, unfortunately, that means that spills that are happening are happening other places. Um, folks might realize this very large spill that happened off the coast of China uh, just a couple of weeks ago. But what we're seeing lots of challenges with um, fish, fishing line and fish hooks um, causing all sorts of terrible wounds. Um, sometimes examples of human cruelty, uh, people shooting at birds that are protected, um, not in a hunting environment, but really just a unfortunately kind of a cruelty environment. Um, yes, absolutely, marine debris and trash and plastics, these things are, are causing all sorts of challenges for lots of kinds of birds. And I would just say that, that climate change itself, uh, the availability of food and the movement um, where warm waters are now that used to be cold water, fish don't like warm water, uh, and we've, we've seen some large-scale challenges coming from that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, given that International Bird Rescue was formed in 1971, that means you have a pretty big anniversary coming up pretty soon. That is right. 2021 will be our 50th anniversary, and uh, in line with that, and, and really in line with the, the new kinds of challenges that we are seeing, um, we have no intention of stepping away from uh, oil spill response. That's our, in our DNA. That's what uh, brought us together in the first place. But we're also thinking about ways to impact um, other big challenges on a global scale, the kinds of things that birds are, are dealing with uh, in on the little islands in the Pacific, uh, breeding challenges, uh, human disturbance. Um, you know, we, we all can take a little bit of responsibility. I think back always to being a, a little kid and being uh, really enamored with black-capped chickadees. Just could not get enough of them and their, their singing of their own name. Uh, I think that all of us can remember a story like that. And uh, really, this is our moment to step up and step forward. Uh, and, and we hope that International Bird Rescue creates an avenue for people to do that with us. J.D. Bergeron is from Massachusetts and he's executive director of International Bird Rescue out in California operating rescue centers in San, the San Francisco and Los Angeles areas. You can learn more about them at birdrescue.org birdrescue.org. J.D., thanks for your great work and thanks for being on the show with us. Thank you so much, Ray. Have a great day. Coming up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. Hi, my name is Carolyn Smith, and I'm a Peace Corps response volunteer currently serving in Mexico. My favorite part about Talking Birds is the featured feathered friend segment. I always learn interesting facts that I can later share with other people. I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because I fell in love with birds and wanted to spread the message about how important they are to our world. 
Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com, click on the contact button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. Our Mystery Bird Contest is sponsored by Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. Look for Audubon Park next time you're buying food for your backyard birds. And here's a warning again about this piercing sound. It's our mystery bird found in swamps and marshes deep in the southeast, reaching its northern limits of its range in the state of Florida, where it feeds almost exclusively on apple snails. It's a large brown wader with white spots, long neck, a long bill, and long legs. And it makes that sound you're hearing there. What is it? Tell us what it is, or take a guess if you haven't been a winner here in six months on Talking Birds. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. We have a batch of prizes, starting with the Droll Yankees double suet feeder. Um, Heavy gauge wire holds up for years of use. Bonus prizes, a big bag of Audubon Park no-waste wild bird food. And a download of the famous Larkwire Birdsong ID app that makes learning bird sounds a game. That would be our our mystery bird info. The number again, 781-837-4900. Call us as soon as you can, if you can. Meanwhile, we're going to check in with Mike O'Connor out in Arizona this morning uh, with Let's Ask Mike live in just uh, one minute. Our friends at Audubon Park remind us that they're counting on us. It's the time of year when birds really need nutritious, high-energy food to help them cope with cold weather. Look for Audubon Park wild bird food and be confident that you're providing the proper nutrition for your backyard visitors. Audubon Park is family-owned and food safety certified. And for the best photos, news, alerts, and more, sign up for Audubon Park's free e-newsletter sent to your inbox once a month. Sign up at AudubonPark.com. That's AudubonPark.com. Now a word from Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Whether you enjoy birds in your own backyard or far afield, you'll find information in every issue to help you find, track, identify, and understand birds. Regular contributors include Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and other birding experts. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. All the way out there, I believe it would be Scottsdale, Arizona. Our man Mike O'Connor is out there chasing wren tits and condors and probably jackalopes. Are you there, Mike? (laughs) No jackalopes. I'm a little disappointed, but maybe I I have more time. You may be disappointed in that, but you'll be thrilled to know that we have a special mystery guest here in the studio just brought in just to harass you for being away. That's not David Clapp, is it? I think it is. Oh my God. How did he know? He's got eyes in the back of his microphone. <laughs> wow. Boy, the technology is just amazing these days. Yes, David. Uh, you is... know, Fran kick him out that he's been the night. <laughs> oh, well, well, we'll have to talk about that on the, on the, on the web edition only of, our, of the show here. <laughs> so you're seeing some pretty cool birds out there, uh, Mike. It's been really nice. I don't yeah. know if any of your listeners get out here. I know some of your listeners live around here. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really, it's really beautiful. Um, most of the time, it's been in southern Arizona. Um, we went down to Madera Canyon we, um, yesterday, and it's re- really, really cool. You see all kinds of birds. Some of these places, some of these special places, have feeders. So if you're a photographer, you can just just 
park in front of a um, a feeder, especially hummingbird feeder, and the hummingbirds come in. Um, I was seeing uh, what, what happened to Magnificent Hummingbird. They changed the name on those halfway just like this morning or something like that. Really? Yeah, they're only pretty David. good hummingbirds now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hummingbirds. That's right. Run of the mill. Okay, yeah. yeah they're not that great. Everybody's calling them by a different name. Like, what? 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 Is yeah, that right? Yeah, a, a different yeah. name? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They come Wait. by some guy's name, Riggers or something. But anyway, no, it's really, really nice. Um, we went to a pond right that in downtown. Again, for photographers, if you if you go to Tucson, there's a pond right downtown with people playing tennis and soccer, and it's full of ducks. So if you like to take pictures of, like, normally hard in our area, New England ducks, like uh, canvasbacks and redheads and ringneck ducks mm. and widgeons, they're, they're, they're just swimming by with their feet. It's a pretty cool place. Uh-huh. And we, we, we took an adventure down. Like I said, we went to Madeira Canyon, and we chased down in, in a place called Florida Canyon, where they where they had uh, Rufus Cat Warbler. And any of your listeners never heard of that, because I had never really heard of it. Mm-hmm. They should look it up. It's the most beautiful warbler I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And if you're in this area, just... They should, should probably uh, change the name to Magnificent uh, Rufus <laughs> Cat Warbler. <maybe>. That's available. <laughs> that, that's available now. I almost stepped on a rattlesnake in Florida Canyon one time. Ooh. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. Is it still there? You're familiar with that day. Oh, yeah, yeah. We used to go there for a buff-collared buff night jar. Yeah. Oh, geez, no. Yeah, no. Uh, that's at night. You went there at night? I went there at night, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, no it's, it's, it's dangerous. You did but, not walk through there at night. No, I walked there early in the morning, but... We yeah. did go there and listen at night for the buff, for the oh, night jars. Oh, oh my gosh! There's yeah. wow. another God, bird many people never heard of. Uh, maybe the streak-backed oriole. Streak-backed oriole. Yeah. How about that? There was a report of one in um, in somebody's theater, right? Not right downtown Tucson. So we went to check it out, and it was it was amazing. We get to the spot. You always know where the bird is because the bird is camped out. Hmm. It's 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 like people lined up like they're waiting for the new iPhone, something like that. <laughs> they're all staring at this house. And so we went down, and when and, and Karen saw it, none of the birds did. My wife saw it, and right. so uh oh, I'm getting played off. She's a good spotter. Yeah, sorry that music just came in there. What can you do? <laughs> Listen, I know you want to go out and find some jackalope, so we'll let you go. <laughs> All right, all right, Ray, and watch your wallet because David claps in the studio. Yep. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you, talk to you when you're Goodbye, back here, Mike. here on Cape Cod. Yeah, bye-bye. Mike O'Connor from the legendary Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. The Amazon's rainforest is being cut down so fast that by 2030, 55% of it could be completely wiped out. The Earth's forests can't speak up when they need help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. Here's that scary sound again, just a warning. Our mystery bird, 781-837-4900. Found in swamps and marshes deep in the southeast, a large brown wader with white spots along neck, long bill, and long legs. We have a beautiful batch of prizes here from Droll Yankees and Audubon Park and the Larkwire app. What is our mystery bird? 781-837-4900 is the number to call. If you want to tell us or take a guess, 781-837-4900. Rose is in nearby uh, Duxbury. Massachusetts. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, David, How are you? Uh, I'm well, and I think David is well. He's looking looking well here. But you probably can't see him, uh, even no. though Mike could. Um, no way. <laughs> yeah, we look good on radio, Ray. Yeah, great face. Great faces <laughs> for radio, as they say. 
Yeah, so what do you think, uh, Rose, on our uh, mystery bird? Well, my research led me to the Everglades neokite. Ooh, researching, eh? Is that legal? Oh. Yeah, I guess it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, Everglades sailhead. Da- David, I'm, you're not going to give an affirmative on that. I, I, there's, I, there's two birds down there that, that yeah. feature apple snails. Hmm. That's, that's all, that's all yeah. I'm going to say. It's up to you now, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is not the uh, answer that we were uh, looking for there. Sorry. Uh, that is an apple snail specialist, however. Yeah. yeah. All right, Rose, thank you so much, and we'll hope you try us again. We will. All Bye. right, thanks. And uh, we have Zeke uh, right here in Marshfield, uh, Massachusetts, on the line there, I think. Good morning, Zeke. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, David. How are you? I'm well. Good morning. Um, I was thinking it was a Ramus guarana, a limpkin. Wow, oh, he's even giving yeah, the scientific yeah. well, that's name. what we usually call it. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. when we're just hanging out, just kind of talking. Yeah, talking about Ramus. Yeah. yeah, you are absolutely right. Limpkin is the, uh, is the correct identification of our mystery bird. I, I don't see that scientific name in front of me here, so would you, maybe you should tell us again what it is. A Ramus guarana. Okay. David, uh, I mean, um, Zeke, stay on the line. We'll get your address and send you that uh, beautiful batch of prizes. Okay, thank you. Have a nice weekend. Thank you so much. Uh, David, thank you for coming in as our mystery guest, and we hope you'll come in again as a regular guest soon. Yeah, thank you. All right. being here. Thanks to Mark Duffield, to Debbie Bleacher, and our engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown, and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.